One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 30. No way. All right, we're coming right back in to another edition of the Sculptures Podcast, and never has our intro been more pertinent than it is right now. Just finished up a game against the New Orleans Saints at home, and uh, didn't quite go the way we thought. Uh, of course, I am Ed Brown Merkle, your host, with my co-host Mike Anderson. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm getting by. Getting by. Uh, talked to you off the ledge a little bit earlier, you know. Tough day to be a Vikes fan. Didn't really seem to, to get a lot of breaks uh, last night. Uh, Vikings lose 30-20. to 20. And uh, you know what? We got Miracle Whipped, buddy. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, if you listen to the podcast, I did pick us to lose the game. However, I did not think we were going to do it in the fashion that we did. Um, really a game, as we'll get into here, that we kind of... I feel like we're the better team, basically, in, in almost every area, uh, with the exception of turnovers uh, being a very important one at that. Um, but, you know, they, they played a pretty good game. It's just you can't turn the ball over uh, in the NFL, as we've seen time and time again, um, and especially when it, it's a pick-six type of scenario like we had. So, yeah, one of those games where I think we played well enough to win, but uh, unfortunately you go into that, that halftime, um, but a minute or two left, you think you're going to come away with some points and extend your lead from three points to six points at minimum, and you go in down four, uh, and inexplicably don't even go for anything with, with 30 seconds left. Don't even try to get a, a field goal back. Um, so first off, what were your thoughts on that? Like, are you okay with that decision? Would you rather have them see... Um, see them try and, and pick up some yards and go for a long field goal? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess with, with this offense and the way that they were throwing the ball, um, I certainly would have taken a chance, maybe. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I've always been kind of a, a proponent of, you know, try or play or two passing. Um, and if it doesn't work, you know, you can go ahead and, and run the ball and, and go into halftime. So um, obviously you're concerned. You don't want to risk um, a turnover, which I'm sure is maybe the thought process <laughs> there on why they did that. Uh, right, just but, coming off the fumble, you know, you kind of don't want to give it right back and or don't, yeah. don't have a chance to just kind of get in, get into the halftime and uh, lick your wounds a little bit and hopefully come out the second half and, and kind of recover, right? Right. They were getting the ball coming out. Um, and so I think that after that Thielen fumble, yeah, you nailed it. It's kind of a, it's a regroup. Uh, let's go in, let's talk about it. Let's make the adjustments and come out, um, you know, and just come out with a fresh half. Um, I think is maybe the thought process there. Um, also, you know, I, you wonder if maybe they just weren't planning to get that much, you know, to get the ball back with, with 30 seconds. Right. Um, and so it maybe had already been talked about like, Hey, you know, we're, coming out in the second half type thing. I'm not sure. That shouldn't be a thing in this day and age. You know, you should be prepared for basically every scenario, I would think. Uh, but a little strange um, at the end of the day with all the other stuff that we're going to get to. Um, I don't know. 
I actually thought we saw a little bit more aggressiveness uh, from Zimmer on a play calling standpoint or a uh, DeFilippo, whoever combination, you know. Um, but, you know, fourth and one, uh, well, touchdown past the digs, and, you know, we'll get to some of that stuff. But Right, so just to touch on that right away because it's bookending the, the halftime there, uh, we go out there, end of the half, 30 seconds left, we run a draw play, let time expire, we go into the, the halftime. We come out. Second half, our first drive of the second half, we're on our own 45. It's fourth and one. We throw a pass play. We fail to convert. Now, why Why do you, if you're sitting there and you're conservative in the, in the second quarter, going into the halftime, and you don't attempt to pick up any yards to try to make a long field goal, why do you go for it on that fourth and one, knowing that you're down by only four points, potentially giving them the ball back at... Uh, very good field position. Like, why are you choosing that spot to be aggressive? To me, that seemed like a panic move. See, and to me, I I, I think they're independent. I, like, I'm not relating those two decisions really at all. Um, I, I think so much of that is game flow and how you're feeling at the time. Um, and, you know, like we said, they came out of the second half. I think they were feeling confident. Um, our receivers were getting separation. Um, they were open. You know, at a lot of times, and even on that play, Treadwell was open. Um, obviously, you know, Marshawn Lattimore just made a hell of a defensive play uh, to bat that ball uh, out of Treadwell's hands before he could kind of secure it. Um, I always typically like to have a running back in the backfield on a fourth and one, even if you're going to line up, you know, line people out. like Just for did. the threat. Just the threat. Um, you know, just because, I don't know, and maybe that's – just me mentally whatever but i really think it's a good idea to have a back back there whether it be for protection or just the threat that it could be a delayed handoff and you kind of keep them in check a little bit now again on this play uh treadle was open the pass was there he had caught it um it's just that Lattimore came in and, and knocked it away so sure. um, i actually like the call uh you know it didn't work out but against that this good of a team um I don't know. I, I like the call, personally. Offensive performance in general. Any uh, Anything besides the two wide receivers and their, their horrible issues um, stood out to you? I, I mean, Cousins, again, you know, uh, 360 and 2. Um, passer rating, I think he had of, of 107, 108. Um, you know, he's consistently being pressured. He was pressured again on something like half of his dropbacks, I think. Uh you know, it's just he's he's under duress and he's he's trying to get rid of that football, um, and yet he's still being extremely successful. Uh, you know, they they threw to Murray a little bit more, um, which just makes me want Dalvin Cook back. Uh, you know, Murray had five catches for thirty nine yards. No, nothing um, against Murray, but he's he's no Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. No, and especially when when you can get the ball to those guys in open space. Uh, Dalvin is, you know, a dynamic runner where Murray is more, you know, the L train. He's going to try to run through you uh, or maybe right. a little, you know, just a little shimmy cut type thing. Whereas Dalvin's got a full bag of tricks. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, nothing else really stood out. I mean, Rudolph, I thought uh, I had mentioned that maybe that was going to be a way where he would have a big game. Um, Four receptions for 39 yards on seven targets. I mean, that's not horrible, but. You, no, not horrible. You want a little bit more if you're looking for a breakout game like that? Yeah, I think 
you know, we had said that if they were going to try to shut down Thielen um, and Diggs, that, you know, basically, how are they going to pick their poison? Right, um, right. And they, they ended up, uh, you know, apparently it seemed like trying to move Lattimore around a little bit, um, but Diggs was the one yesterday that ended up going off, you know, and, and Thielen did get his 100 yards, but uh, Diggs had 10 for 119 and a score and, and, you know, really seemed to shine in that spotlight uh, there. So, I don't know. I mean, the offense continues to move along. It's just the, the turnovers would be the other thing that stood out from an offensive standpoint. Um, right, and just, just just to touch on rushing before we move on, uh, Saints, pretty highly rated rush defense. Uh, we only rushed for about, was it 85 yards on them? But that's still, that's that's about our average. And if we can do that against that type of a rush defense, I think that's that's a pretty pretty fair game for this this offense right now. Yeah, no, um, I think they had the number one rush defense coming in. Uh, or no, wait, was that the Eagles? No, that... it was up there, top top five. At, at yeah, they minimum, kind of rotate. So. Yeah, uh, no, I mean ran the ball well. Um, Murray has done a great job stepping in. Um, r- the running game has really started to come together a little bit more over the last few weeks. Um, you know, we're leaps and bounds ahead of the four rushes from running backs we had against Green Bay. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the offense is really clicking. Uh, the defense had started to really put it together, you know, the last two or three weeks at 17 points, 17 points. Um, and I thought the defense, you know, as we probably transition into, you know, I thought the defense played well for the most part. But um, it's just we were talking before the show. It's just like every week it's something – for all these losses, you know, and, and I say all these when there's three, but it just seems like half. something goes wrong, you yeah. know, and it, it's a different thing each time. It's not – I almost wish I was one of these teams where, you know, like the Chiefs, their defense is bad. They know they're, they know what's going to happen every week. Mahomes and company are going to put up points, and it's just can they, you know, outscore their opponent basically and hope their defense can, you know, make, make a play make, or two yeah, here. Play, yeah. Yeah. But for us, it just hasn't been that way. It's been – Different things all the time, you know. It's been week one the offense struggles. It's been you know the next week the defense struggles against the Rams. It's been uh, this week where you have the, these uh, these turnover issues. It's it's kind of all over the board. Um, definitely, I, I'm with you on that. Um, uh, I saw a comparison to this game to 2015 Arizona, where we were missing some starters. So this game we were missing on defense and Dayhill Rosen Barr, um, and the game seemed to be. One where we should have won, and then there's a couple key mistakes that we made that uh, that cost us the game. Because we had time of possession in this game. We had yards by a mile. Um, we held Camara to 13 um, carries, 41 yards, one touchdown. Um, seven catches, 31 yards, zero touchdowns. Or one touchdown, I believe, uh, receiving yet. Ingram, 13 for 63. Uh, three receptions, 29 yards. Thomas... Of course, Thomas is going to get his, no matter who's he, who he's against. Five receptions for 81 yards. I mean, those are all pedestrian days for those guys. Every single one of those guys is under 100 yards. So if you can do that and you don't win the game, something else must have went horribly wrong. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, Michael Thomas, 44 of them came on one uh, one catch. So, you know, I know you can't take this play out or whatever, but um, they really did basically do about as best you can with those uh, guys, I mean, I would even throw a breeze into that. Obviously, um, you know, still extremely efficient at eighteen for twenty-three for one twenty. 
Um, but overall, you know, th- this is the kind of performance that you need against a team like this that should allow you to win a football game. Um, but y- you can't turn the ball over. Um, and we had two absolutely crucial, crucial turnovers. Um, and, you know, they, they led directly to 14 points for uh, the Saints. So the Thielen fumble, I mean, it it's very difficult to look at that and be mad at Thielen based on what he's given us this year. I think he single-handedly kept us in games, and he's probably single-handedly won us a few games. So, right. And I don't see this as a continuing issue. I don't even know if that's something you really look at the tape and you go, okay, you need to fix this. Um, but I don't know... I don't even know where to go with this because the offense seemed like it did fine. The defense seemed like it did fine, but we still ended up losing the game. So, Yeah, I think, um, you know, they'll, they'll coach a little bit. I think that play, that's a bubble screen um, designated to have him stay outside. And he cut inside, uh, doesn't, you know, protect that ball, make the switch over. Um, so there is there is a little bit of coaching there. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, yeah, Thielen's going to be – winning area has been contributing to more wins than losses certainly this year um you know when you've got 100 yards in eight straight games to start the year uh i mean he's been a hell of a player for us so um you know zimmer said we we win as a team we lose as a team and um you know Thielen and Diggs, uh who ultimately in my opinion were, were responsible for the two turnovers um you know they're two of the biggest reasons that this team is, you know, a Super Bowl contender. Um, so it sucks. You know, it's it's not something that we're used to seeing on a weekly basis. But um, I think you you kind of, you watch it, you talk through it for they probably do uh, today, you coach it, and you move on. You know, you move on to Detroit, and you just assume that these sorts of things probably are not going to be happening again. So just to bounce back on that, uh, the Diggs interception, um so I, I believe he was quoted after the game. I didn't actually listen to the quote, but I believe he was quoted as saying um, he stopped in his route to show uh, Cousins that he was open and he was he was clear to, to uh, take the pass because pressure was coming down on Cousins. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if this is something that they just need to practice more, this type of drill, so they know how to react and, and more or less how they know each other will react in that situation. Um because you hear all the time about like teams like Green Bay where they practice this often, and that's why they're so lethal in those situations, those broken plays. So, I guess, what do we see from that? Is, is that something that it's like, okay, was that just a pure miscommunication, or we're not practicing that type of situational football enough? I think Diggs messed messed up. Um, you know, there everything that I've read and listened to today. Um, when a receiver has man coverage like that and they have just green in front of them, uh, they are not supposed to stop. Okay. Um, and had he not, I mean, he, he might still be running had he just continued to run. Uh, you know, he he certainly would have uh, picked up a first down on that play, and, and, you know, you never know. He's a dynamic guy with the ball. But, um, yeah, everything, I, I think that maybe an Aaron Rodgers-type relationship with a receiver when you really know it that well, uh, maybe a receiver stops there, but... Sure. Everything, everything I've seen and, and read, um, Diggs is not supposed to stop on that, and 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 I certainly Cousins uh, did not think that he was just going to all of a sudden stop. So, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like you got to take the good with the bad on some of these things. So, 
obviously you're not going to trade everything good that Diggs has given us, especially the miracle last year, um, to erase that one bad play right there. So just kind of a, a, a cacophony of errors for our guys, our two prime playmakers. Um, and you know what? Maybe maybe this is out of the way now, and we won't see that again for quite a while. I mean, that's all you can hope for, and try to take one away from Detroit here coming up. Um, right. Anything else here on, on this game specifically before we kind of just take a peek at kind of what's going on in the rest of the NFC at our halfway mark? Well, I, I mean, I think it's it's frustration, but then at the end of the day, when you realize, you know, no bar, no roads, no Sandejo. Um, granted, I don't know that Sandejo at this point, you know, is if that's really a, a game changer on a week to week basis necessarily, but, um, and then no Dalvin, you know, so I think that it's frustrating to know, uh, that we lost, but if you look at a bright side, it would be that even down, um, multiple starters, you should have won this game by double digit points against what many nationally consider to be. Um, you know, the favorite right up there at the Rams to win a Super Bowl. So um, it's a tough one to swallow, but um, I think, again, there's there's positives to be taken away. And, and for me, one of the big positives for me is you had Holton Hill come in, and when they tested him, it did not go well for him. Um, so you, you have him coming in, undrafted rookie, and he's playing about as well as you can expect from that, uh, that situation. Um Obviously, you know if Rose is out there at this game, I don't know how much you, how much more you gain. I mean, you, right. you held Thomas to eighty-one. Obviously, that wasn't all against Holton Hill, but you held him to that much. You, I mean, and then you look at guys that are stepping up this year, like J. Ron Curse. Like he's been just been a revelation this year. Right. So I think long run, we're set up to make a run at this thing, and we'll kind of go over that here in a second here, but. We have these pieces we've clearly shown right now that we can make these games competitive even when we're missing some key pieces on both offense and defense. And, oh, yeah, our starting left tackle and left guard row, too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they said they were down six starters. So that's that's a lot of pieces to be gone. I mean, we, yeah. we elevated a, a tackle from the practice squad just as extra insurance because we're that thin right now on offensive line. So... Anyone listening to this, if you're looking at this game and you're saying, "Wow, this I can't believe we're in the situation and we're completely out of this," don't think that. All right, don't give up on this team yet because this team's got a ton of fight. It has a ton of talent still, and as soon as we are able to put it together in all three phases consistently, no one is going to want to play this team in the playoffs. I would agree. Okay, so now let's take a little look around the NFC right now because it's not quite as we expected and not quite as we predicted from the start of this year. So, of course, we got the NFC North. Uh, Bears, which are now technically on top of it, as four and three record. Um, Vikings four three and one. Packers three three and one. And Detroit three and four. Um, this is still completely wide open, and I don't know why you'd think otherwise if you're looking at this like. Um, I don't know what injury Khalil Mack had with the Bears, but if he misses significant time or that's a nagging injury, um, that could be in our favor because obviously he has potential to uh, disrupt games just all on his own. Um, but you're looking at a Green Bay team who's kind of in the similar spot as we are where they're, they're not hitting some of these games just by the skin of their teeth like the Rams game yesterday. 
they barely lost that game. Yeah. Right? If they don't fumble that kickoff, Aaron Rodgers goes down likely and puts up a field goal. Now, that's not to say there won't be time for Goff to, to rebut that, but they're still in a pretty good situation at 3-3-1. Three, three, and one. Um, I think both the Vikings and Green Bay have Seattle and New England left, and I think we both play four or five divisional games. So it's a very similar schedule uh, on the back end here. Uh, Detroit, you were telling me uh, before the show, it seems like they have given up a little bit. Well, I just, I mean, they were, uh, you know, when we were recording this, there's uh, not that, I don't know what what official time, I don't know if there's 12 hours or whatever left here on the trade deadline. Um but basically, they were now open to offers for Golden Tate, uh, something that they previously had not been open to. But after the loss, um, it sounds like they're at least willing to listen. Um, and to me, that just, you know, I, that's not a team that, you know, is probably in a good mindset, I guess. Sure. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I'm not too worried about Detroit. I think that it's it's a weird weird situation there right now uh you've got a new coach um you know rookie running back you've got uh stafford there you've got they've got some good pieces but it just seems like they're not necessarily going to put it all together sure um so yeah i i don't know i I, detroit is kind of the least of my worries currently um you know overall for the for our division yeah so we have eight more games left we play the Bears twice, we play Green Bay once, and we play the Lions twice. Um, so, uh, looking ahead to that, as long as we can take uh, the Green Bay Packers game, um, we have the outright head-to-head breaker against Green Bay. So the only one we'd need to beat record-wise is Chicago Bears, or rather tie them in the win column. If we do that, we can take this division, and all of a sudden now we're looking at a 3-4 or four seed and hosting a playoff game. And the reason why that's important is because we look back at the NFC South. Uh, Last year, this division produced three playoff teams. This year's probably going to be two unless Tampa Bay finds more Fitzmagic. Right. So you pencil in either New Orleans or Carolina Panthers right now, uh, probably looking at strong contenders for the two seed. Um, So in this scenario, I'm penciling in the Rams as the one seed. I think they would have to completely fall apart to lose that at this point. Um, regardless, someone from the South, someone from the West is going to have the one-two seed. It's kind of where I'm thinking based on how this is looking. Right. Um, Vikings are in position to take the North as usual. And then you have the East, which doesn't even look like the Eagles are going to be able to repeat in that division. Right. The Redskins at 5-2. and two. So, this whole this whole conference is looking fairly soft um, for the taking right now. I don't, I don't know what what your what your other reads are on this, but uh, if we can get in there at three and four, say we can do some damage on this thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it, and if you know, in the NFL, you know, the seeding doesn't necessarily matter. Um, I would love to be the three or four uh, if we can't do one or two, just because I I think that the importance of that home game. Um, is big, uh, you know. Granted, we have two losses at home already this year, um, but you know, I think I think that that crowd and the environment to get a home game would be huge. But yeah, at the end of the day, you just need to get into the tournament, you know. So, yeah. um, 
most important thing is is obviously Sunday um, because if you can't manage to win that game, uh, you have a little stretch coming out of the bye of at Chicago, Green Bay at home, at Patriots, at Seahawks. Um, so three out of four games on the road, uh, and they're all in places that we have had difficulties winning. Um, you know, and, and Patriots just also just being one of the most difficult places to win, period. So, sure. you know, all of a sudden you lose to this Lions team on, on Sunday, and we might be looking at this in a whole different light, you know. So I think it's important that they take care of business. Um, and then you go into the bye, you try to get healthy, and you come out uh, with a huge matchup against the Bears, um, you know, in what most likely will be to, to take the outright lead in the division, I would say. Yeah, so everything's in front of us right now. Uh, like I said, I think the key for us in the next couple of weeks here is to get healthy on the bye. Yeah. Take care of business in Detroit. Uh, get healthy on the bye, and if we're walking into Chicago and we win in Chicago, you feel a lot better about the rest of the schedule. Yep, I 100% agree. Um, I think we've seen the pieces come together over the last two and two to three weeks, um, and they kind of put everything together this week. It's just you obviously have to avoid those turnovers right um so we'll see and you know know, just because we've we've talked about this several times in the in the past uh, couple days here um you know this is not the team we expected it to be come the beginning of the season we expected it to have an upgraded offense with kirk cousins we expected to have upgraded play calling with john Filippo. we expected the defense was returning all the starters got extra pieces um in a loca and uh through draft capital and we expected this team to be completely dominant. Clearly, we have not seen that yet. Um, no. But that notwithstanding, we still have all the talent that we were expecting to be dominant. We've seen improvements, I think, weekly on offense. And where we haven't, we, we've seen it bounce back the next game. We've seen this defense now go from a complete embarrassment um, versus the Rams to pitching some pretty solid efforts here in the last couple weeks. So, like you said, we need to put this together, stop the turnovers a bit. I think Kirk has kind of curtailed his a little bit, uh, his fumbles. He's taken care of that. Um, but just stop some of these, these funky plays that have the ability to ruin you, obviously. And we're, put, we're playing solid football. I, I think, honestly, we can win any single game on our schedule remaining. It's just oh, yeah. cleaning up those errors and, and playing the way that we know we can play. Yeah. Uh, and I think the defense needs to get back to, um, you know, a little bit more dominant. Uh, I think Everson coming back will help that out. Um, you know, he was a little rusty this week, uh, as to be possibly expected. Um, you know, so getting him back and, and uh, you know, Barr and Rhodes uh, are obviously key pieces. And, and I think they got to get a little bit of that nastiness back. Um, and I, I'd like to see this defense become dominant again. You know, we're that was kind of our thing last year um and the offense this year has been good they have been for the most part as advertised and cousins has been great um so half of this even without dalvin is operating about as good as we would want it to uh feeling with eight straight you know 100 yard games it, it's if you would told me to just the offensive side of things um you know i would probably expect this team to have a record similar to what the saints and or rams do um but 
unfortunately, uh, the defense just, you know, hasn't quite got to that level. Right. And, you know, there's still time to get there. And, I mean, like I said, hopefully we can we can get that nasty streak back. We can get healthy. We can get uh, Everson more involved. I didn't see him out there a ton. Um, I think it's probably about 50-50 from what I recalled, just from watching. Um, but, yeah. Play. Yeah. Play yeah. It, it seemed like yeah. they were they were kind of easing them in just a little bit, which which makes sense based on kind of the rust that you saw. Um, well, yeah, it's uh, everything's in, everything's in front of us right now, and th- and this is going to be the true test of this team. Do we belong in the playoffs or do we not? He was seventy uh, percent. Okay. The seventy uh, percent of the defensive plays. So okay, so that's 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 pretty up there. So they they didn't really hold them back too much. Well, Holton Hill, by the way, a hundred percent of the defensive plays. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's going to be good along with uh, Mike Hughes when he gets back. So, um, yeah, no, it, everything's in front of this team. Like I said, this this next stretch is going to define whether we belong in the playoffs or not. And if we do, we'll play good football. We'll play sound football. We'll play mistake-free football, and we should have no problem at least getting six and two in these last eight games. I think that should realistically, if you're if you're making the playoffs, that should be what you're aiming for. You should be aiming for a ten five and one. I think you get there at nine five and one. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it, it's really going to depend on, you know, who those wins and losses are against, right? Um, oh yeah, you know, obviously, if you lose <laughs> a lot to the division, you're going to be in trouble. With that yeah, yep. So. Um, you know, if, if you're going to lose a game here down the stretch, you know, losing at New England isn't going to be the end of the world. You know, actually, you're probably... That's Out of one conference, of that's probably the one you're okay with. Yep, exactly. You know, if you said, hey, we have to give you another loss, where do you want it to be? Well, you might as well take the New England or, or the Miami game. Right. Um, you know, so but we'll see. It, uh, it starts Sunday. I think that this can be a great... Uh, kind of launch point or, or catapult into the buy, get them feeling really good and excited to go into work, um, you know, with that bye week. Um, I know, obviously, usually guys get time to, um, you know, get away for a little bit, but I think uh, get some positivity, some optimism moving into that, that second half of the schedule. Um, and then, like we said, it, it's the gauntlet right out the gate. You know, you got three or four on the road against some pretty good teams. So, um we got to we got to figure it out soon, and they got to start putting it all together. So we'll see. Absolutely, and hopefully this time we can rename Ford Field West to U.S. Bank Stadium finally. Yeah, let's see, let's see if that works. We'll, we'll give it our best try, and you know that's all we can that's all we can ask for. Um, I think that's that's it for me. Any closing thoughts, Mike? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I'm on to I'm on to Detroit. We're on to Detroit. Soon enough. We're on to Detroit. Yep. All right, that's going to do it for us, Scolders Podcast. I'm at Namok7 on the Twitter. Mike? Muskie underscore Mike. On Scolders.com, ClimbingThePocket.com, on the Climbing the Pocket network here. Um, take a listen over there. they got some good stuff going on. Um, we'll probably talk at you next time for a Detroit preview, and hopefully we can uh, take care of that business. So, Skull Bikes, man, let's, uh, let's go get this thing. Yep, Skull.